All right, here we go, folks. Sportsbook Radio on a Wednesday from the Brian Blessing Studios in Las Vegas, brought to you by Station Casinos. I like powered better. You powered? Well, okay. So here's the thing. I'm I, I'm doing this little rundown in my head, and do I say powered every time? Yes. It gives you, it's that thrust. But but can I? Uh, you want a thrust, Dana? <laughs> I know you do. See, I, I don't think I should have this conversation with you. I mean, I mean, you're nice and all, but it's not that nice. Anyway, I'm Dana Lane along with Stevie Slapshot. Another tough loss for the Golden Knights. We'll go through that a little bit later on. But, Steve, uh, before I bring our first guest on, I, I have to tell you one of the things I'm having trouble with is the transfer as I'm driving to the studio. Mm-hmm. The transfer of my coffee from my car into the actual studio, and, and now another accident. I, and now point. I would like to announce I now have three spots on my car. Oh my lord! Because for some reason I'm taking it out and I'm putting it on the hood, and then the transfer between the computer, which I you know I don't want to marry the two between the computer and the coffee, and, and that's where the problem is happening. So that's I wish I had a solution for you. I'm not sure. Well, it's just to be more careful. That's really the solution. Okay. (laughs) All right. Well, really good show on tap for you today. Uh, Ryan Butler works for for the company called Wagers USA. He deals with gaming legislation, uh, stocks, basically anything that has to do with gaming news. And he's a great follow on Twitter. Uh, get you up to date on, on the legalization of gambling around the around the country and follow him and then on Vegas Hockey Hotline. We're pleased to have Derek Wills on, who is the voice of the Calgary Flames on Sportsnet 960 and the NHL NA do that again. And a NHL network contributor. And then we'll finish the show off with Bill Meltzer, who is a Philadelphia Flyers writer on NHL.com and a blogger on Hockey Buzz. He can fill us in on what he saw last night, a two one loss. For the Golden Knights, a unsuspected loss again and a game where they failed to score more than two goals. We'll talk about that as well. But before I start, I want to get you up to date a little bit on the college basketball that is happening. And, of course, that's, uh, that's a big deal around here right now. I mean, it is absolutely heating up. And we had a little bit of a hors d'oeuvre last week. But the, the real deal, and especially the bigger tournaments uh, starting this week, and Syracuse, as of right now, 18.30 to go in the second half, 53-28 over Florida State. St. Joe's and LaSalle are tied at 11 with 15.06 to go, and everything else is a little bit further on. Vandals down by 10 with 3.59 to go in the second half. Okay, let's – I'm just looking through there. Okay, kicking off the show today – uh, sports betting deputy editor at ESPN.com, also the father of two that he says on Twitter that are already smarter than he is. I'm a father of three, plus my wife, and a few of the cats that also are very smart, <laughs> much smarter than I am as well. We want to welcome in David Behrman. David, thanks for joining us on Sportsbook Radio. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, guys. And I can tell you I have a solution to your coffee thing. Oh, oh yes. Is, uh, Let's hear it. Let me get the pen. Kickstart kickstart Mountain Dew. I can't drink coffee, nor do I want it to spill all over me and have that awful smell with me all day. So to me, it's drop the kids off at school and a nice orange citrus kickstart Mountain Dew. It's the exact same thing as coffee, but tastes better and doesn't stain your clothes. So there's my solution. And by the way, 
never put stuff on the roof of your car. I've done that before and then found it sliding down my windshield on my back out of the driveway. So well, there's the, that. Well, the problem is, David, I, I have a white car. So anything <laughs> I spill on it, I mean, I it's it's nice and brown and splotchy right now. And then I can imagine. I'm just going to say and, it used to be white. <laughs> yes. It wasn't one time white. <laughs> no, it uh, right now resembles the mystery machine. Um, David, before I get to uh, Aaron Rodgers in the NFL, I want to pay tribute to Brian Blessing, who started this show up and, and ha- had it here in Las Vegas for years. And I'm going to do that by asking you about something I have no idea about, but I'm hoping you can help me out. Can you talk to me about the Players' Championships and your thoughts on the eventual winner? Yeah, I mean, I'm a big fan of, of the Players' Championship, and I'm, I'm thankful when I, I logged on, or actually when I got the phone call that you said live from the Brian Blessing Studios. Been on with Brian a couple of times. Great guy, obviously. It was horrible to, to hear what happened. But as far as the, the Players' Championship is concerned, it, it's quote-unquote the fifth major. And they call it that, but in reality, you get more money, bigger purse for this event than any of the four majors. So in terms of outright paying, the winner's going to get $3.65 million dollars everybody's in it and you know you you look at the different tournaments out there obviously everyone talks about augusta and the masters all the time and the u.s open is the united states championship but it has half the field of the amateurs that aren't in other events same thing with the british open it's their championship with a bunch of amateurs and then when you have the pga championship which is the other major people talk about half the field is pga of america professionals so the one field that is usually stocked top to bottom with the highest-ranked players in the world is the one you're going to kick off tomorrow at TPC Sawgrass, one of my favorite courses. Very tough course, very hard event. You're going to see pretty much everybody in the top 100 there, except for obviously Phil's not playing, Tiger's not playing for obvious reasons. Kevin Nas having a third child, so he's withdrew. But it is the top field of the year with the top purse of the year with a course that's well-known for its 17th Green Island hole. Um, but the best of the bets are going to come and play this one. And what, what I really like about this tournament, not so much from a better's point of view, but from a viewer's point of view, is anything can happen. Like, you haven't seen back-to-back winners of this, this, this event ever. Like, never it's happened. Um, and you hardly ever see the same people do well every single year here, which is what you do see a lot on golf. When you're handicapping golf, um, how they've done on a specific course usually is one of the top metrics you use. A lot of that goes out the window here at the TPC Sawgrass. It's just a difficult track. A lot of different things can happen, wind, water, et cetera. Um, and it, it's one of my favorite events every single year. Yeah, I started to withdraw after my third child as well, so I, I can understand where he's, where he's coming from. Uh, <laughs> let me ask you this, because I have used to have this discussion with Brian on a regular basis, and, and he said, you know, you got to watch this. And he would talk about specific tournaments, and of course I didn't, you know, I didn't have any time to do that because I'm so involved in the others, but I appreciated his passion for the sport, and not only golf, but horse racing as well. Tell me, tell tell a guy that does not watch this on a normal and a regular basis. Tell tell me where my excitement should be and why I should be watching this because there was a time where I thought about it and you know there were specific tournaments and the way that they played it, uh, whether it was it was match play or of course the the big majors as well. You know they were kind of exciting to me. But explain to somebody that doesn't watch the sport on a regular basis why they should be watching. Well, to me, guys, this is the, the, the best sport to bet. And I, I'm not just talking about 
pre-flop bets like you make today before the tournament starts with a whole bunch of different markets out there, but also in-game wagering. The sport as designed is considered boring to many people who watch it, who, whether it's your wife or your friends who don't want to stay home and watch golf because it moves too slow, but that was perfectly for the better because you hit a drive and you have five minutes to make in-game bets before they hit their second shot, and then another five minutes before they go putt and wait for the next hole. So there's a lot of different things you could do. The PGA Tour is set up with live data and shot track data that, that allows you to have all the information at the, the tip of your hands. And now with betting becoming more and more popular in this country, obviously you guys are in Vegas and you've been doing this for years, but as people are coming into the betting community, golf is one of those sports that is easily accessible in terms of watching and betting. And there's so many different things that happen that even in an event, take two weeks ago at the Honda classic, Daniel Berger, goes to 18 on Friday with a six-shot lead, bogeys to par five, then goes to Sunday with a five-shot lead and didn't even come close to winning. So the event's never over. It's one of those individual sports that you can bet on and watch. There's a lot more action than you think, and whenever you have an event where a guy could legit blow a five-shot lead in one day because someone else is playing well and the course is playing hard, it brings in a lot of live betting options. And even before the event, if you're not someone that's going to sit and bet it live, it's not just throwing a dart at a board and hoping to get a 40-to-1 shot or a 50-to-1 shot, which you can get every single week. You can't really do that in the NFL or college football. But even afterwards, you can bet top 10s, top 20s. You can bet matchups, head-to-head matchups like you might do in tennis or team matchups that you, you, know, that you would do in the NFL. Here are their players. You can bet groups. There's just a lot of different markets you can bet that most of the people focus on, right, who's going to win? David, who's going to win? That's the question you get a lot. You know, that's a bet. I have four futures out there for people to win. But it's just throwing darts. There's 144 people in the field. It's hard to pick the winner. That being said, you can make your money betting top 10s, top 20s, and matchups that will keep your attention throughout the entire event. This past Sunday, I didn't have anybody in contention to win, but I had five different top 10s and 20s that were coming down to the last couple of holes. So it keeps you involved the entire game, which doesn't necessarily happen in other sports. Hey, David, with uh, DeChambeau pulling out of this tournament with, with the injury, and, and I want to ask you about his injury status too, but w- what did that do to the numbers in this tournament? Did that shorten up the guys at the top? It did. It did a little bit. And if you look at the two guys at the top right now, John Rahm and Colin Morikawa, are both around 12 to 14 to 1. Those numbers were a little higher because Bryson was going to be the favorite based on what he did last year. But that being said, he also hasn't played in a couple of weeks. And a lot of the golf futures are, what have you done for me lately? You'll see a guy do really, really well in a tournament, and all of a sudden next week he has short odds. Bryson hadn't played. So we weren't really sure what that was going to do at the start of the market. But Rom and Morikawa's numbers did come down a little bit, keeping in mind that neither one of them have won this event. Rom has played well here over the years. Morikawa's only had one showing here last year. Uh, that being said, the odds did come down a little bit because of um, Bryson not playing, which has turned into more of a sideshow than anything. But with Bryson, he did win it before. So it's a situation where the, the odds coming down uh, really, really helped the rest of the field. Any idea when he's coming back, David? I, like before this tournament, he said he was like 90% healthy, and then he had to pull out of this tournament. So was he really 90% healthy? I don't think he's 90% healthy. The last couple of events he played in, he didn't play very well, and I think his injury status is a little bit more, more than what we're seeing. He did put his name in last week for the Arnold Palmer, which he had won, and he did put himself in for the players. So I do think he had intentions of playing, but you have to, unlike other sports, you have to declare that you're playing 
by Friday at 5 o'clock or you're ineligible to play. In both cases, he signed himself up and then pulled out over the weekend when he wasn't feeling well. I think that's tricked a lot of the people who are thinking he's healthy just because he was on the list to play. But again, you have to sign up by 5 o'clock Friday or you can't play no matter how you feel the following Thursday. So he's doing it that way where he'll sign up and then he'll test himself and find out on Monday that he's not healthy enough to play. Now we're talking to David Behrman, the sports betting deputy editor at ESPN.com. And, of course, aside from golf, let's move on to the NFL. Aaron Rodgers yesterday, four years, $200 million extension. Russell Wilson moving to Denver. I'm looking at the numbers right now at Station Casinos. The Packers are currently 7-1. to The Broncos are 14-1. to Talk about the moves yesterday and how it affected the betting market. I mean, these were seismic-type plays yesterday. You look at two Hall of Fame quarterbacks found out their 2022 destination. Aaron Rodgers, which I firmly believe is going back to Green Bay all along. I figured he would go there or he would retire because I don't think they were going to get the price they wanted for him. But the the, the salary numbers that were thrown out of yesterday have not been confirmed. But if you really, really liked Green Bay and thought Aaron Rodgers was coming back, you could have gotten Green Bay as high as 18-1 to ahead of yesterday. You said the number's down to 7. I've seen it 7, 8, 10. Uh, this morning I saw it at 10, and I was like, hey, it's still double digits, which surprised me. So it's not a surprise that it's down to 7. As far as Denver's concerned, um, if you're a Broncos fan, you, you've got to like the effort they put in in terms of keeping fran- getting franchise quarterbacks. You had John Elway, you had Peyton Manning, and now you're going to have go get Russell Wilson, who last year was not his best year. But if you look at everything that, that Denver has – on the offensive line and their weapons outside and in the backfield, he might be the perfect perfect person for that offense. That being said, that's a very tough division. you got Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, and Derek Carr in there. So it's a very tough division to begin with. And I actually think if you look a little bit deeper at the futures, the moves that were made yesterday with Rodgers, with Green Bay, and Wilson to Denver – I think have switched some things up for other teams. For instance, the Buffalo the Bills Buffalo are now Bills, the favorite right. to win the Super Bowl because Kansas City has a tougher opponent in Denver to play. And on the flip side, if you were thinking, well, maybe it is Dallas's year with Dak or maybe the Rams run it back again, Green Bay to me is the clear favorite in the NFC. So I think that shifted the odds there as well as looking at the NFC West where – you know, I, I jumped all over Arizona last year and almost had it until the end when they decided to not play the last month of the season in the NFC West. But I think it helped the Rams. I think it helps the 49ers. And it does help the Arizona Cardinals, obviously, seeing that Seattle is playing for draft picks moving forward. So talking about the, the Cowboys as well, I mean, you brought that up, so obviously I'm going to jump all over that. Uh, you know, every single year we, we still think it's it's the mid-90s and the Cowboys have a legitimate chance. And, of course, on paper, they're, you know, I mean, on paper, you know, the Golden Knights should be in first place in the Pacific by 10 points. But the fact of the matter is that every single year it's that intangible factor that never comes to fruition for the Cowboys and they never can put it together. I mean, if you're looking at the NFC, uh, uh, you know, I mean, Green Bay's basically solidified their, you know, has solidified their quarterback spot, and they expect, you know, to be at the top of of the NFC next year. I mean, is Dallas there? I mean, are you are you confident in their running game, or what are we expecting out of Elliott? I mean, it's sometimes Elliott doesn't have that burst of speed that he used to have. I mean, I think the desire is there. Maybe the body and its ability to do the job isn't. 
Uh, and of course, we, we have to wait and see what the receiving core is going to look like. I, I mean, there's a lot of moving parts in Dallas, and they're always a team that people want to want to talk about and and maybe you know say, look, this is the year. But boy, I, I don't know if I can fall for that anymore. It is a weird situation because, you know, Dallas does represent what's on their helmet in the stars. Like, Jerry hasn't been shy about going out and getting stars and keeping stars, whether it's Elliott or it's Cooper or it's Dak or one player after another, but they've never shored up the head coach. And I think as long as Mike McCarthy is your head coach, and I said it when Jason Garrett was a head coach, there's a ceiling there. And I just don't think they have the right coach to win a Super Bowl. I think if Sean McVay was your coach last year, Dallas makes it to the Super Bowl because I think there's that much difference between a McVay and a McCarthy and Jerry for, for all the control he has over that team hasn't really figured out. I don't know if it's a loyalty thing or not. He held on to Garrett for way too long. He's holding on to McCarthy for too long. And, you know, I'm not saying Sean Payton's the answer, but, but Sean Payton is there. And for whatever reason, he's running it back with McCarthy because a team with that much talent should win more than they do. And yeah, they went ahead and won the NFC East, but so could have my son's seven year old flag football team. No offense, but you need, a better coach who doesn't cost yourself your team timeouts and or fourth down decisions as much as as they do. And everyone wanted to put all the blame on Dak for running out the clock in that last game that they lost. But at the same time, he's being coached by somebody. So um, I think they need a better job up front with the coaching staff before that team's going to win anything. David, from what I hear, your your son's football team has a tremendous offensive line, and that's <laughs> that's uh, that's really something that I, I thought the Cowboys' old line has been overrated for a few years now and of course they battled injuries on a consistent basis but boy between if you don't have that off offensive line specifically center tackle position boy it is really hard for the engine to work without a consistent offensive line and that's what I've always thought about the Cowboys and until they shore that up and until they can show up for 12 13 14 games consistently I just don't think that I think that's the problem in the engine that keeps this thing from going. I do agree that, that that's where it starts in the trenches. And you're talking to a Miami Dolphins fan who hasn't had an offensive line in 20 years. So very, very valid there. Uh, but they have had offensive lines in the past that should lead this team further than it has. And what stuns me, and, and I'm going to mix my team and, and, and your team in there at the same time, the Miami Dolphins and the Dallas Cowboys are on the list of the top five longest droughts without a conference championship game appearance. Forget about the Super Bowl. That's, that's near here or there. Without a conference championship game appearance, and you're on the list with the Browns and Lions of the world, uh, where the Bengals just ended that this past year getting to the Super Bowl. But think about how the Cowboys and the Dolphins were going on 30 years without even advancing to the Final Four, which is just absurd when you think about it. Cowboys obviously have gotten a lot closer, but these two franchises can't even win games, more or less, playoff games, more or less, get to the conference championship round. Hey, David, it wasn't just Wilson leaving Seattle. Later on uh, in the afternoon, they re- just released, just outright released Wagner. What, what's, what is the fire sale that's going on in Seattle? A lot of money that Wagner was going to get, so they kind of freed up some money. But at this point, it's weird because Pete Carroll came out a couple of weeks ago and said this is not a rebuild. Well, it sure, it looks like a rebuild to me. Um, and also, when you talk about how the, the Dolphins owner is getting you know, potentially in trouble for tanking, and you have a team like Seattle who very much looked like they were tanking yesterday. That being said, I honestly think that there, were more, there was more smoke, more fire where the smoke was when it came to Russell Wilson. Because you don't just trade Russell Wilson – coming off of what he has done over the years, unless he didn't want to be there. And I, I like what they got, but 
but it's not like they got anything that blew me away. Keep in mind, for the Adams trade, Seattle did not have a first-round pick this year. So if you're trying to rebuild, you need to get a first-round pick. And now they have a first-round pick, and they have a second-round pick. They have multiple first-rounds next year. So it looks like they're in a total rebuild mold because they didn't get back what I thought was championship-caliber players. Like, you know, Drew Locke's not going to win you a title. So it looks like the end is here for this version of, of, of Seattle. So you kind of got to wonder how long Pete's going to stick around because – are you really going to rebuild this whole thing with a 70-year-old coach? I wouldn't. Um, so I'm surprised that he's sticking around with what they're doing. Is not really matching what, what I've heard? David, let me ask you uh, real quick, uh, it's my last question, uh, about Calvin Ridley, suspended, suspended for a year for betting on the NFL, including the Falcons, reportedly had bet on parlay cards while he was dealing with mental health issues in a five-week uh, span of time. I mean, what was your first reaction to that? And my first reaction was, well, good thing you're not playing baseball because you'd be done forever. Yeah, and, and it's a situation you don't really want to show up in the NFL, especially nowadays where legalized betting in more and more states. And the NFL has business deals now with different betting companies, and it's becoming more and more out of the shadows. You just would hope that the players are smarter than that. And I don't buy any of the excuses that he was away from the team, that he didn't have it. Like, the guy is on an NFL roster as an all-pro wide receiver. That's has right. A lot more access than you and me have to information. So, first and foremost, that should never be allowed. A player should never be betting on an NFL game or anybody related to an NFL team should be betting an NFL game, which is why he got the one-year suspension he did. And, you know, he, he tweeted way too much yesterday talking uh, excuse after excuse that yep. it was only this, it was only that. You are on an NFL roster. You have access to information. The NFL rules are clear as day. It's not like they hid the rules or didn't put them up in the, in the locker room and didn't have seminars telling the players. You are not allowed to bet on NFL games because of what you do and what player you are. So being away, it wasn't an excuse for Josh Shaw, and it shouldn't be an excuse for Calvin Ridley. If you want to protect the integrity of the game, you have to have the rules. And, and I, for once, I'm proud of what Roger Goodell put his foot down and, and, and did that because he hasn't done the same thing for other stuff that has gone on in the NFL um, off the field that he should be stronger on. But the fact that he's like, listen, you're going to gamble, you're going to be away from the game. And I think he did the right thing here, and it'll set an example for what's to come. You've got to pe- protect the integrity, which, which is what uh, Goodell said. And it doesn't matter how, how much uh, the, the, the bets, uh, the amount of the bets, um, you've got to protect the integrity of the league. Correct. You can't be having players that are on NFL rosters, regardless if you're on injured reserve or bye week or in Florida. That that just can't happen. It's, it's rule 101. We looked at the battle over the last 10 years for legalized betting, and that was the biggest, biggest question was whether the NFL would be able to control this. And in this case, I don't think you can ever control what somebody does in their private time. But at the same time, he was caught in the NFL process of how to go about catching athletes doing that did work. So there's a positive on that side of things. You can't have that in the game. And someone really needs to take the phone away from him and tell him to stop tweeting before it gets worse and worse and worse. <laughs> yeah, it, it did work. But, David, the, the, and look, I'm, I'm proud of him on the, on the one hand. But if I understand this correctly, he did this through an app on his phone. So that means he had to sign up with somebody. And well, somebody should have, you know, Calvin Ridley in Atlanta – Hello, is this, you know, maybe we should look into this before we allow him to bet. I'm, and, 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 well, we, and, did, we, we did. Okay. Las and, Vegas did. Okay. Okay. But, it, but so it, that's how it, but it also took him four months for, for the, for the action to be taken. 
I, well, I just, from what David Purdom, David Purdom, our our writer, has been investigating this, you know, last couple of days, has uh, our latest report out there is that he did use his phone, but he did not use his own account. He used a friend's account to place these bets. Um, so where that was where it was kind of hidden. Okay. But what really got him was he was in the state of Florida, and he had signed up in a different state. So the geolocation of his phone actually is what alerted. Um, the company to then contact Genius Sports, who contact the NFL. So, you know, it's not like Josh Shaw, who went to the window with a player's card, and his player card said he was an NFL player. There's a certain level of, uh, I don't know why you would basically do that. Uh, but Calvin Ridley was using a, a buddy's account on his own phone, but it's the geolocation services that got him. That explains it. I should have read Purdom's article. My so, bad. So <laughs> how deep does this go, David? I mean, I'll let you go in a second here, but how deep could this potentially go? I mean, now you have a sports book in the palm of your hand. All you have to do is, is get somebody else to use their name. I mean, I, I mean, yes, Calvin Ridley was was the one that's suspended for this, but I mean, I think it's kind of naive to sit there and say, well, he's the only one when you have a book in your hand. Not only you have a book in your hand, but you also could have just bet with a local bookie or gone overseas illegally as well and probably never gotten caught. Um, it is hard to protect that. It's hard to protect inside trading and, you know, in, in stock markets and SEC yeah. and hedge funds, just like it's tough to, to stop anybody who has inside information. You just hope that the rules you put in place and the fact that you're suspending this guy for one year and costing him $11 million for what was a $1,500 bet. I don't really see a good return on investment on $1,500 costing you $11 million. So you hope that that penalty and what I think Roger's trying to do here, send a message that says, yeah, there are others out there who are probably doing it smarter than Calvin is, probably with side bookies or overseas or using somebody else's phone for starters. Here's the penalty you're going to get if you're caught. And in today's social media age, Everything is on record. Everything is easy to attain. So uh, hopefully that the one-year penalty, and it's a minimum one year, it could be longer, uh, will deter players from I me. Mean, these are the guy making $11 million, and he's trying to earn $1,500 on the parlay, so it would have been more. But, yeah. like, what are we doing here? I had always stated that the protection for the NFL was the fact that players make too much money. Like, no one's going to throw a game for $50,000 when you're making $11 million. Well, Calvin really seemed to be doing it for fun. Well, fun just cost him a year's salary. Yeah. Well, it's always been strange to me how, and you don't want it to happen, but you know, players can bet can't bet on gains, but yet politicians can still dive into the stock market. And you can't tell me they don't know information before the rest of us. Uh, I, I don't know how the two uh, aren't the same. But David, thank you very, very much for joining us today, and we'll certainly have you on in the future. Been terrific. Uh, as advertised, and uh, thank you very much, and we'll, we'll talk to you again down the road. Absolutely, guys. Uh, enjoy March Madness, and uh, don't spill coffee anywhere. <laughs> I will not do that. <laughs> yes, you will. I know I will. I know. My kids are all smarter than me, too. All right, there he goes, David Behrman, the uh, sports betting deputy editor at ESPN.com. And we'll be back in a few minutes. We'll give you an update on the college basketball scores. And, of course, Ryan Butler from Wagers.com.
STN Sports is the only sports betting app you need this season. STN Sports has it all. In-play betting, mobile parlay cards, the Play Plus card to fund and withdraw from anywhere in Nevada, and up to a $100 new sign-up bonus. STN Sports even lets you earn rewards for every bet. Safe and easy betting from your phone or tablet. Go to StationCasinoSports.com or sign up at any Station Casino or Wildfire. Complete details available at all sportsbooks. Oasis Bar and Grill at 4955 South Decatur near the corner of Trop has been totally renovated. It features incredible food with a kitchen that's open 24-7. Gaming promotions every month. There are cashback drawings for loyal players. The banquet room is spacious and a great venue for any type of function. Sports fans won't miss any of the action with HDTVs throughout the property. Oasis is a great place to meet and make new friends. The staff is fun and engaging. Get in on the fun with great food, great drink, and gaming promotions at Oasis Bar and Grill, 4955 South Decatur. Hey everybody, it's Brian Shapiro and I'm hosting my new show, Pushing the Limits, right here on KSHP starting Monday, February 21st, noon to 2 p.m. Monday through Friday. Listen, it's a show like no other in the Valley. We're covering it all here, local and national sports. Of course, the Raiders, the Knights, Aces, UNLV, and more. I'll bring you some of the biggest names on the planet when it comes to entertainment. I'll also cover big local news stories that affect you and even sprinkle a little politics into the equation. Find another show that does all that, and I'm not afraid to cover anything that matters, but here's the best part. I've always done this throughout my career, and I'm going to continue to do it. Push New Limits will be the most interactive show in town. I'll always give our listeners an opportunity to sound off. So please join me starting February 21st, noon to 2 p.m., Monday through Friday, right here on KSHP, and find out how I push the limits every day. Experience the thrill of the grill. John Smith Subs is home of the famous Steak Bomb and other premium deli subs with grilled-to-order marinated sirloin steak, grilled chicken, farm-fresh veggies, and delicious bread baked daily. Our subs are making a name for themselves with quality and flavor. Add an order of piping hot french fries and you have a meal you can't get anyplace else. Experience the thrill of the grill at John Smith Subs. Visit johnsmithsubs.com to find a location near you. Hey, Golden Knights fans, I'm attorney Adam Kuttner. I'm proud to be an official partner of the Vegas Golden Knights. We're giving you the chance to play at home along with the Golden Knights to win home game tickets through our power play giveaway. Each time the Golden Knights are on a power play, we'll pick one of my Twitter followers who tags me on Twitter with the hashtag Adam Kuttner power play. And when the Golden Knights score, that lucky fan wins tickets to the Fortress. So make sure to follow me on Twitter. Go Knights, go! Calling all Vegas Golden Knights super fans for the Terribles game day giveaway. During all of Vegas Golden Knights home games, visit any participating Terribles location, make a qualifying purchase, get a scratch card, enter on the Terribles app, and you could win a $1,000 Golden Knights shopping spree. Best yet, one lucky customer will win this prize every day the Vegas Golden Knights have a home game. Terribles game day giveaway. It's only at Terribles. Visit Terribles.com for more details. Oasis Bar and Grill at 4955 South Decatur near the corner of Trop has been totally renovated. It features incredible food with a kitchen that's open 24-7. Gaming promotions every month. There are cashback drawings for loyal players. The banquet room is spacious and a great venue for any type of function. Sports fans won't miss any of the action with HDTVs throughout the property. Oasis is a great place to meet and make new friends. The staff is fun and engaging. Get in on the fun with great food, great drink, and gaming promotions at Oasis Bar and Grill, 4955 South Decatur. 
STN Sports is the only sports betting app you need this season. STN Sports has it all. In-play betting, mobile parlay cards, the Play Plus card to fund and withdraw from anywhere in Nevada, and up to a $100 new sign-up bonus. STN Sports even lets you earn rewards for every bet. Safe and easy betting from your phone or tablet. Go to StationCasinoSports.com or sign up at any Station Casino or Wildfire. Complete details available at all sportsbooks. All right, welcome back to Sportsbook Radio. I'm Dana Lane along with Stevie Slapshot just to get you up to date on the college basketball conference tournament games that are going on. Sacramento State gets the win over Idaho 57-54. And Sacramento State gets the cover against uh, the Vandals and also going on right now. Uh, Syracuse is absolutely all over Florida State. 81-43, 654 to go in the first half. They've They've dominated them in the first half and on their way in the second as well and LaSalle holds a 14 point lead with three minutes ago in the first half uh, against St. Joseph later on of course New Mexico and Nevada will be starting the Mountain West Conference tournament and in just about 20 minutes or so from the Thomas and Mac so our UNLV Rebels will be in action tomorrow and, and I think that's the only uh, college basketball I'm just looking through this it's the only college hoops that's going on now everything else is later tonight but there's tons of it uh, obviously coming up so anyway uh ryan butler from wagers.com uh, if you're into keeping up to date with the legalization uh, of gaming around the com- country and just overall gaming news there, there really isn't any other guy i i started following him on twitter a couple months ago and i said man this guy is all over it and then of course, when we started to do this show, I said, I, I have to have him on. So uh, we're going to do that right now. And uh, Ryan, thanks for joining us. And I wanted to ask you about the deal that was just signed with Sports Genius uh, or Genius Sports and the Mac. Uh, there's a lot of wording in this deal that I, I want to ask you about, including integrity partnership. I'm not sure exactly what that means, but it sounds exciting. And maybe it's another option to wager on games. It was. It's one of those things where I kind of wish I'd gone to law school to really understand I, what all that. Even said. in the tweet, was, uh, I mean, I'm not even reading the contract. It's just, it's just the tweet of what's going on. I'm like, wow, this is this sounds really important. What does this all mean? Yeah, I think it can be really important. I think right now they're keeping details under wraps. What, under wraps. What I'm looking at it from right now, and again, I think more is going to come out. But this is an opportunity for more sports betting options. When you have more of this data, it creates, again, more betting options. Now, that also opens up a lot of questions from itself. You have, A, college. Well, that's kind of weird, too, right? There's always been, you know, NCAA is still technically amateur, so you have all that. Most states also ban individual prospects on college athletes. So what is this data going to be used for for that? Um, and then the ESPN report, which was really solid, and I got to give them full credit for it, uh, they talked about what this would mean is that it, I guess it gives sportsbooks the right quote unquote to pay genius to use that data to use for more bets that they may be able to use, but we're still not sure if they could or what those would look like. So yeah, I, I wish I could explain it better. I don't know if anyone fully kind of gets it now. 
one of the biggest takeaways that we can look at a little uh, more intangibly is that it's a continued partnership between sports betting uh, and colleges, which on top of everything else, the NCAA was the spearhead along with the NFL trying to stop uh, legal sports betting. And so, A, this is another indication that they're getting closer together. And B, I'm looking at this for the Mac, too. They've kind of been a guinea pig in the past. I think with the in the midweek games and stuff like that, I think this is kind of maybe a first reach into the Power Five conferences, into your SECs, your Big Tens, which would really make a much bigger difference where people are betting. You know, there's millions and millions of dollars on handle on those big games. And I think this is kind of just another step towards that direction. But it looks like we're still figuring it out. But it, it, that's maybe my takeaway there. All right. We just asked David Behrman about, you know, exactly you know, off the heels of the, the Calvin Ridley suspension. You know, I mean, now we're we're kind of getting into college and we're kind of getting in the, in, into college kids. And they, uh, certainly, you know, kids are able to get a hold of sports apps. And I mean, I, I'm all for gaming expanding and i am of course i mean it's my business and it's my show and i'm all for that what i'm not all for is kids having access to this and we've talked about this earlier in the week about even when i was growing up in upstate new york when you know gaming was completely taboo and nobody could do it and man we as kids we were still finding a way to you know put a couple bucks on the parlay card that my dad magically had I mean, what is it that, that there's got to be – I want gaming to expand, but I also want integrity in, to expand as well. And, and it's hard enough dealing with professionals. I mean, how do we keep kids from doing this? And I mean – by kids, I mean college athletes. Yeah. So really that is maybe one of – it sounds counterintuitive in a lot of ways, but one of the biggest advantages of a legal regulated market – is that it is a way to check this. Now, again, people are going to do it. There's always going to be black markets. There's always going to be offshore sites. There's always going to be bookies. But we talk about Calvin Ridley. Obviously, that's a, that's not a good scenario for anyone. You should, if you are, that's just cut and dry. I don't agree with those takes. If you're in the NFL, you forfeit your right. Even if you're betting on not your team, even if you're, it's no exactly matter, right. it just looks, just, don't, just don't stay away. You, you, you referees, especially too, just don't, Stay away. Uh, but that aside, when we look at a much larger grade, the millions of college students and all that, one of the successes is actually was Genius Sports who caught Calvin Ridley because he used his social security number. They had a database and they looked and they were able to match and recognize that, okay, whoa, whoa, this is an NFL player. And they then alerted the, you know, the league itself. So we're looking at this as well, too. There is security measures. They vary a little bit from state to state, but most are pretty solid. This is definitely one way to check it. We, we can't have, absolutely not, of course, uh, have college athletes especially wagering on their games. So that's why if they there are enough protections that they're using a legal book, they're realistically going to get caught. Uh, that more likely than if they're using a book here or whatever. I, I mean, you seem like a, you know, the history of the game, but it's Henry Hill and the 1970s Boston College point-shaving scandal and all that. I mean, it's more like it's much more likely to catch something like that if it's through a legal regulated book with security monitoring than it is through you know a gang or whatever have you so that's that's one option kind of in a nutshell it's not perfect but again that that's why i do support the legal market and the regulated market it is really one of the only tools we have to prevent this yeah and don't get me wrong i definitely support that as well because they do a fantastic job of of making sure that everything is on the up and up so i'm not 
you know, worried per se. I'm just kind of playing devil's advocate. And the one thing that also I thought about was I and I I knew Pete Rose a little bit because I went in and did a radio show after him years years ago. Um and I think one of the things about Pete and and he can't be the only one that has this problem is once you leave the game or once you're even even in his case as a manager, once you're removed from playing in between the lines there's part of you that is gone i mean there there's i don't know for some guys it can't be replaced and the reason why to me gaming is such a a a big thing to do amongst all of us is it's really the one thing that gets us emotionally or mentally close to the game that we were not good enough to play so the all the question is when when NFL athletes who still have ties to teams or any athlete for that matter, still have ties to teams as they retire, how do we kind of monitor their inside information from being something that, you know, we have to, do we not have to monitor their actions as well to make sure that they're not having an influence on the outcome of games? I mean, that's a fascinating gray area. I haven't really spent much time thinking. Uh, you know that every single professional sports franchise, when players retire, there's always, you know, the radio guest host or, you know, the, the, the kind of radio, you know, the, the commentator, the sort of an unofficial analysis and all that. And, yeah, do we cut them off? Where, where is the dividing line? Like we said, definitely coaches, uh, active players, stuff like that, 100%. They, they're banned. You can't do that when you're actively doing it. But, what about a guy who shows up at practice, uh, which happens a lot, especially at the college level? I went to the University of Florida, and the former athletes are there all the time. That's right. Do we cut? Do we cut them off just because? Oh, they recognize that the quarterback is playing well, or you know, they oh wait, the, the running back's got a, a, a you know tight handy, he's not going to play. Uh, that's part of why. I mean, at least in college, we we ban individual player prospects. But I mean, it's tough. What about a journalist, for example? They're on the sidelines at a, at a practice. Are, should they be gambling? Well, that, you know, it, it kind of seems icky, but what are we going to do? There's, yeah. I, I think, I mean, I really appreciate you bringing that up. It, it's not really talked about that much. There is eventually a cutoff line. Okay, referee, uh, you're an official of this game. You can't bet. We absolutely agree with that. But what about uh, his wife? What about his cousin? What about his neighbor? Do we cut that guy off just because he lives next door to a referee? Uh, no, probably not. But then again, you know, it, it, um, it gets tough. Uh, I guess the other contrast to that is even when you have insider information, anybody who's been around sports gambling exactly right. knows that for most of it, it's actually not going to that's, make a huge that's right. difference. That's uh, right. We like to think that there's this, oh, the one tip, you know. Oh, he, you know, whatever that is, that little injury, that little, that play call. But at the end of the day, sports is so often random. It is so preposterous. And these bookmakers are so good that even then, I, I don't think that there's some sort of catastrophe. And again, it's better to have the legal market. One of the things we look at with the legal regulated market is, okay, this guy bets $100 every Sunday. He only bets on the Eagles, for example. But wait a minute, on a Tuesday night, He's betting $10,000 on Northwestern. What's going on there? That's an example where they can catch that uh, and maybe get, kind of recognize, wait a minute, there's a pattern. And they look and they can geolocate. They can look at the numbers again and go, wait a minute, everybody on this block is betting five figures on this kind of smaller college basketball game when they've never done that before. Yeah. That is the type of thing that the legal regulated market can do that the offshore can't. 
So again, not perfect. It's never going to be an ideal solution, but that's maybe one of our only tools we have uh, to stop stuff like this. Well, I can tell you everybody on my block was on Syracuse today, so everybody's happy <laughs> and uh, I'm all good with the Homeowners Association. I did want to bring one other thing up to you uh, as well, Ryan. It, you know, just to even maybe go a little bit deeper with this with the fans, I know that there is an outrage, but I also know there's fake outrage as well with oh, I can't believe this and I can't believe that. Well, I mean, we are a society, Ryan, that we'll pack 80,000 people into a stadium for a WWE event and we know full well it's already put up. I mean, at the end of the day, how much does Calvin Ridley betting on sports really affect anybody? I mean, we can say we're outraged, but that doesn't stop us from betting on these games. Right. And again, did it change things? Probably not. I think we've all seen the the YouTube. All, I don't want to say conspiracy, but the look, look, so look, he's pulling up sort of a first down on this play in a week two or something. I, again, I probably not. I mean, I, I highly doubt it, but it's just, again, it's this idea. Like I said earlier, when you're an NFL player, you forfeit the right to gamble on NFL games just because it's a cost benefit. It just looks bad. And it, it, that truly is the aesthetics. We just don't want that. I don't think they're throwing games. Look, I mean, look at Calvin Ridley. I think actually the year suspension is appropriate. I think there might be some other suspensions for other things that we can talk about on a different show. But there needs to be a message. And that reality is Calvin Ridley lost, 50, what, $10 million, $15 million guaranteed, whatever that was, because yeah. of his betting. And I think other players are going to go, wait a minute. Am I really going to forfeit a year contract? Am I going to be a pariah? Am I going to be a butt of jokes uh, just because some gambler gave me, you know, what's worth it? I mean, and how many gamblers are giving, uh, you know, nine, ten years for a player in the It would be worth it to a practice squad guy. Uh, So that, you know, that's where you look at. um, Is that more? And that's where the kind of idea of a college where they're ostensibly not paid. But then again, how many practice squad guys even have the opportunity to throw games? And then again, one way, I mean, it's just, I just don't see it very often. I don't think, again, practice squad guys, that counts. That's on my list with referees and active players. They are not allowed to bet with it. And there's always going to be that hint there. And there's, you know, Calvin, or, uh, Calvin really is the second player in the last three or four years that we've yeah. known has um, been caught gambling. They're probably not alone. And that's just a sad reality. But I think the best things we can do is, I think, make punishments when, when they're there. Make it clear this is not acceptable. And then, again, the regulated market is that benefit where it's one of the only tools we have to stop this. I feel like, I mean, we have really honed our uh, contract, uh, our contact tracing skills here over the last couple of years. I mean, I, I you know, something like that. I, I do think that the, there needs to be some sort of definitive, and maybe there is uh, a definitive outline of who can and who cannot because they want to you know, bet on games because they want to protect the integrity of the games. And, and don't get me wrong. I mean, I don't feel like this is widespread. I'm just kind of throwing things out there because you know uh, other people will will i see people saying things like this on twitter all the time so it is on the mind of people so the legitimate question i think they do a fantastic job i think the leagues do a fantastic job i think this is a isolated incident but at the same time you know we want to make sure that the product that we're watching because there's been many times i could point to two years ago in the postseason with the Packers where you kind of scratching our head about what's what's going on here and we can point to a lot of those examples and I think eventually if we get too many of those that could hurt 
that could hurt the sport, even and even a lower level sport. I mean, we we don't want to see that in the NHL, and we certainly don't want to see that in the NBA. You know, before we start talking about baseball and and football as as the two monsters, but you know, we th- there is an integrity level I think that we as fans want to continue to believe in, and, and so uh, these isolated incidents. That's yeah, fine. I think we can get through that, but we don't want to see this every single week. And I think that's where the NFL has to stop. And and even for me, you know, too. I mean, being in the business, you know, I I'd rather. And I'm being honest with you. I'd rather myself or, or the people that I deal with win games from from a gaming perspective because we were we were right about what we thought was going to happen. I, I don't want to win because something underhanded ass happened that that allowed me to win i mean that that to me you know speaks to my integrity as well so uh, that's that's the only reason i'm bringing those uh specific things up hey um they're important they're important issues i mean it's it's good to talk about it and some people really aren't talking about it candidly so i appreciate that ryan i came across a story the other day on a mojo app i'm hoping you can help me when, when i Anytime I hear Mojo, I just think of Muddy Waters, and, and, and I'm off. But uh, so, what is this? Is this is this actually going to happen? This has to do with investing in players' performance, right? Yeah, it kind of is what we're seeing. This is a Bloomberg report. Is uh, and you're talking to Alex Rodriguez, right? Is behind this and all that. It's sort of like a stock market for professional athletes. Um, it's one of those, I look at it, it's sort of that kind of weird gray area kind of, or it's like, you know, this is more of an existential deeper question, but like, is the stock market gambling? Well, maybe you could argue it. Um, one of the big things we've covered uh, for years now is daily fantasy sites where they have fought in court and in public opinion and spent millions of dollars arguing that they're not gambling. And actually it's in Nevada, people don't realize like, well, they go, okay, how come I can't play DFS? You can. It's legal. The Nevada Gaming Commission allows daily fantasy sports. Drafting, they just are considered gambling under their interpretation of the law. So DraftKings and FanDuel aren't in Nevada because they don't want to be considered gambling because then that could hurt their position in other states where they're not considered gambling. So anyway, that's kind of a little esoteric uh, look at all of this. It's kind of interesting. Um, we'll see you know, where it goes off the ground. It, it would be improbable, <laughs> beyond improbable, for them to be considered a sports book. That would be an entirely different licensing process. And in many states, they wouldn't even be able to get in. They'd have to spend so much money. Um, the taxes are going to be way higher than they would otherwise. So they're going to try to present themselves more like a Robin Hood. Um, you know, we'll see if it works. It's an interesting idea where with the spread of online sports betting, there is more and more of these ideas and there's more and more of these games. And we'll probably see more of this stuff. So, yeah, kind of an interesting idea. It's still been a very early stage. And we'll kind of see how this launches out. We'll probably see more of these in the future. Uh, this you know, good luck to A-Rod and the team. <laughs> so so the idea would be, though, that, that you would put money into this app and then you would pick the players like you picked stocks that you would want to invest in. Oh, this is a and, great idea. And I don't mean to interrupt you, but Ryan, Ryan and Steve, now, now 10 years ago, I had this idea. <laughs> Here it comes. Listen, not this specific idea, but an idea to invest in teams as a stock. Okay. And you made money as they did better. Okay, that makes How sense. about that, Ryan? Yeah, actually, I read a great Wall Street Journal article from about that time where they talked about on Wall Street, they would you could buy stocks and teams. Um, you know, Goldman Sachs and all them would have that. So 
it's, you know, I think there's going to be an interest and an appetite for it. I, I'm very curious to see what it would look like. Um, what I look at from a perspective, an illegal perspective, and I would just say that they are not, they're going to fight and claw to argue they are not gambling. Because if you are, if you are gambling, it becomes much, much harder to get your license and you are paying way more in taxes. So that could be, you know, that's an interesting perspective as well. Is does this fall into it? But you know, if people want to do it, I, I have the Robin Hood app. <laughs> I like to see stock trades. I follow sports obsessively. It'd be kind of a cool concept to see it for individual players. How has legalized sports gaming? I know this is a simple question that's been asked a million times, but you know, every time I see one of your tweets that another state is close to legalizing gaming, I think, well, how does this ultimately affect Nevada? And Arizona's numbers just came out for 2021 with 4.32 billion in revenue, a 7.37 percent hold. I mean, how is this all affecting Nevada? Or is it like when the, the you know the gaming uh, the Indian casinos came up and everybody thought oh Nevada's you know going to take a big hit and we just really didn't it's just people still consider Nevada the mecca of sports gaming and the uh, the mecca of entertainment really the mecca of everything at this point I mean I would think it really doesn't hurt Vegas at all it, I would actually argue it is helping Vegas and it's helping the state of Nevada. One of the big things, A, first of all, to your point, yep, it is still the destination. There is nothing else like it on Earth. So that, that's there. That's not ever going away. So you have A, that, and it's always going to be a big you know, way to entice people. But B, I'll use an example. A couple months ago, I had a multi-state trip, and I was in New Jersey. I was in Nevada, and I live in Florida where there is no legal sports betting right now. And I kind of got used to it in New Jersey. I got uh, used to kind of playing uh, betting sports, you know, a couple games, a couple dollars here or there. And then Nevada, I got used to it. And after a couple of weeks, and then I get back to Florida, and I'm, you know, turning on kind of a random game. I want to put 10 bucks down on, you know, a Tuesday night, you know, Knicks-Nets uh, game or something. And I'm like, oh, wait, I can't. So I think that's what's also happening, too, is, A, Nevada is, you know, the, the, what, most visited state per capita by far. So people are going there. And then they're from all over the country where we now have 20, 30 states of legal sports betting. They're just getting used to it, putting a few bucks down. And then when they get to Nevada, they do the same thing. So we're actually seeing figures go up. Uh, they set their single-game Super Bowl record, uh, this most recent Super Bowl. They're, they're setting uh, handle records every month that continues to grow and grow, even as Arizona uh, grows up, even as more and more states. I, I think the one thing we might look at is California, because there are so many Californians that come to Nevada on, uh, on a week, you know, almost weekly basis, as we know. That's maybe the one thing we're looking at where there might be a little bit of a dent. Overall, it has actually been a benefit as people have gotten more familiar and more used to sports betting and really just gaming overall. Yeah, Ryan Ryan, uh, Butler from Wagers.com, we appreciate you coming on the show, and we will talk again. And when we come back to Vegas Hockey Hotline, for 30 seconds we'll talk about a trade that just went down in the NFL. Ryan, thanks for joining us.